coming to you from a cozy little condo high atop old Fort Ward, Atlanta. Welcome, Welcome to The Ron Show on America One Radio. Here's your host, Ron Roberts. All right. Welcome to the work week. Happy Monday to you. Plenty in the notebook. Uh, a little later, I, I think I may actually have the solution for what ails CNN, and why not? I, after all, am a former broadcaster, worked in the industry for 28 years. I mean, all on the radio side, but I was honestly just as well-versed and qualified for my last radio job as I would be for heading up CNN, in that I had an overarching philosophy. I knew the nuts and bolts of the business. I, I knew how audience appeal works. I know how marketing is. I've never managed a cable news outfit before. I'd never managed a major radio station before, but I did it for a year before I bounced. So uh, I'll explain my uh, recipe for making CNN relevant again. If not, just all out succeeding. Like I legit think what would fix CNN would make it not just function, but successful. So we'll talk about that. But of course, the Georgia GOP convention was over the weekend with Trump's 37 indictments fresh off the presses at the Department of Justice. So you know we got some audio for that. In fact, I'll start with the Carrie Lake speech where she had a few things to lob at a few people, not the least of which, first of which was actually Mike Pence. I guess I really should actually also thank the man who didn't show up tonight, Mike Pence. He's the reason I'm here tonight. (laughs) You know, uh, when, when David called and asked if I could fill his shoes, I said, yes, I'm more than willing and able to fill Mike Pence's shoes. What do we read into that? Carrie Lake's ready to be Donald Trump's running mate. That's what I read. I'm not sure about the other way around. I mean, I I do wear high heels. I don't really want to see Mike Pence filling my shoes, but I I don't want that visual. I don't want to see, frankly, Mike Pence in the White House again. I hope I'm not being controversial, but my man is Donald J. Trump. And there it is. Nothing against Mike, nothing against Mike, but corrupt elections have horrendous consequences. And we needed, we needed Mike Pence to do the right thing on January 6th. In my opinion, he didn't. Wow. And that's why I'm ready for President Trump to get back in the White House. We're suffering for these consequences. We're suffering from stolen elections, rigged elections. Suffering from an economy that actually hasn't had the recession that everybody predicted, has record unemployment, has inflation now under control, suffered, so much suffering. Man, these folks, they literally know how to whip up a narrative and stick to it. I'll give them that, man. They are so dogged in their pursuit of broadcasting disinformation and just sticking to the talking points. God bless them. They don't have better ideas. I mean, let's look at their ideas. My goodness. All you have to do is go to any blue city. Go to Atlanta and look at the crime. Which is down since 2020 and has been trending down since the 1980s anyway. Go to the border and look at what's happening. We live in a border state in Arizona, mm-hmm. and millions of people are pouring across our, our border. Um, ABC News reports, headline, unlawful southern border entries down 70% from record highs 
Since the end of Title 42, go on, Carrie. The drugs are pouring in, killing a generation of people. From the Cato Institute, in 2021, U.S. citizens were 86.3% of convicted fentanyl drug traffickers, 10 times greater than convictions of illegal immigrants for the same offense. Over 90% of fentanyl seizures occur at legal crossing points or interior vehicle checkpoints, not on illegal migration routes. So U.S. citizens who are subject to less scrutiny when crossing legally, are the best smugglers. And we're watching people pour in from 160 different countries. We have no idea who the hell they are, what the hell they're up to. And our crime is soaring on our streets. We can't even walk to the park. First of all, I don't know this correlation between walking to the park and crime, but the insinuation is because of uh, folks migrating here legally or, or illegally, she seems to infer that they are more criminal in nature than American citizens are, which just isn't true. U.S. citizens were twice as likely to be arrested for violent felonies in Texas, a border state, from 2012 to 2018, two and a half times more likely to be arrested for felony drug crimes and over four times more likely to be arrested for felony property crimes, according to a study published by University of Wisconsin-Madison researchers in the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, that article came out just two and a half years ago. They're in a panic, though, because he's doing so well in the polls that they decided they can't stop him. So what did they do? They indict him on completely bogus charges. The illegitimate Biden administration wants to lock our beloved President Trump up for more than 200 years. All right, so... Needless to say, she's lying through her fuzzy filtered teeth. The Biden administration didn't indict anybody. The Department of Justice, at the behest of a grand jury summoned of American citizens who reviewed all the evidence, did. American citizens, a jury of Donald Trump's peers. Well, there are no real peers of Donald Trump because we don't all hobnob with wealthy folks at a golf hotel in the middle of Florida. But you get what I'm saying. American citizens reviewed all the evidence and came back with 37 charges. 37. Not three, not seven. 37. I know that we're not watching the fake news anymore, but you have to be paying attention to some of the independent journalists out there. Did you all notice that this all came out on the day that we learned about another bribe that Joe <laughs> Biden took from the CCP, our enemy? That's when this story comes out about Trump. The day we're learning that Joe Biden took another $5 million bribe from the communist regime in China. Okay, she can't even keep her lies straight at this point because the alleged $5 million bribe, I mean, please tell us which way you're going with this, right-wingers. I thought it was Burisma, the Ukrainian firm that Hunter Biden worked for. Now it's coming from China? What? And where is this money? Like, if the Bidens have it, he's the president of the United States, the most heavily scrutinized wallet in the country is his, wouldn't you think? Well, that's because he and most folks who ran for the office coughed up his tax returns, unlike somebody we know. This next line I found kind of rich. Biden has sold out America. That's right. She said it. He sold us out. But do you remember it was just last week when the new presidential candidate, 
on the right, the GOP primary challenger by the name of Chris Christie said, The grift from this family is breathtaking. It's breathtaking. Jared Kushner and Ivanka Kushner walk out of the White House and months later get $2 billion from the Saudis. $2 billion from the Saudis. You think it's because he's some kind of investing genius? Or do you think it's because he was sitting next to the President of the United States for four years doing favors for the Saudis? That's your money. That's your money he stole. And gave it to his family. You know what that makes us? A banana republic. That's what it makes us. The soundbite that got the most traction from Kerry Lake over the weekend was perhaps somewhat incendiary. I mean, the implication is there. At least it is when you hear how she wraps this soundbite. Take a listen. A message tonight from Merrick Garland and Jack Smith and Joe Biden. And the guys back there in the fake news media, you should listen up as well. This one's for you. If you want to get to President Trump, you're going to have to go through me, and you're going to have to go through 75 million Americans just like me. And I'm going to tell you, yep, most of us are card-carrying members of the NRA. Now, what do you think she means by that? You know what she means by that. She means they're willing to take up arms. I mean, we know this. We know that they will get violent if they don't get their way. Not 75 million Americans, no. I mean, it has to be said. When you look at the 81 million that voted for President Joe Biden versus the 75 million that voted for Donald Trump, 81 million Americans didn't vote for Joe Biden. They voted for not Donald Trump. 75 million Americans did not vote for Donald Trump. They voted for not Joe Biden. It's it's that simple. 75 million Americans said, damn it, this is the only option I have. The Republican is this person. I got to vote for this person. And yet there was a 6 million vote gap. There were independents. There were never Trump or Republicans who voted for Biden who normally wouldn't have because Donald Trump was on the ticket. So I would say of that 75 million, fervent Trump supporters might have been 25 to 30 million of those, maybe 40%. The rest were just like, I can't vote for a Democrat. I never vote for a Democrat. I'm not going to vote for this Democrat. Who just, you know, sucked it up and voted for Donald Trump. But make no mistake, that NRA card-carrying member line That's no different than Sarah Palin putting crosshairs on congressional districts. It's incendiary rhetoric. It is. It's just incendiary rhetoric. I don't believe 70-pound soaking wet Carrie Lake is packing. (laughs) I mean, if she's been to a gun range, it, it was a photo op. It was a video clip photo op. She's not. No. Look at her. Oh, come on. I mean, people could do the same with me, but I guarantee you. I've been to a gun range. I was, as a kid, I was NRA gun safety clinic certified. Yeah, that's right. Back in the day when I was deer hunting with dear old dad, I was going to gun safety courses put on by the National Rifle Association. Dad used to have little NRA stickers in his way. You know, not anymore. I mean, he's completely abandoned that stuff because, well, the NRA got crazy. 
crazy like Carrie Lake. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And I don't listen. There were those that were there. I've talked to reporters who tell me off the record that most of the folks who were there from the Georgia GOP, like Georgian Republicans, they don't feel that way, especially about the journalists. They're all, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Yeah, because, you know, they, they cross paths all the time, work in the circuit. They're not foaming at the mouth, ready to draw a pistol and shoot a journalist in the face, kind of MAGA frothy, like old crazy Carrie here wants you to think. No, they're not. The overwhelming majority in that room don't think that way of journalists and the fake news media. And they're not going to draw arms <laughs> to protect Donald Trump. In fact, there's polling that shows that there's a healthy amount of Republicans that believe the charges are legitimate. We'll dive into You know I love polling. We'll dive into that next. Stand by. This is The Ron Show on America One Radio. Welcome back to The Ron Show for Monday on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com, or wherever you podcast. Thanks for tuning in. So, Georgia GOP convention over the weekend, and Trump swooped in and did his thing, too. And yeah, we got audio of that if we want to dive into that. Maybe next segment. Uh, I'll wrap the show with, you know, I've been saying I'm going to do this pride thing like daily and I don't do it. So hopefully I got some time for that. But I also think I have the solution for what ALCNN. And there are those who go, well, why do you think you're better than Chris Lick? Well, I, I mean, Chris Lick never managed a, a cable news network before either. And he had it for a year and didn't do a good job. Why not? Why not try somebody outside the box? Also, I worked in broadcasting for 28 years. I, I just, there are some things you're just wired for, you know, you just innately know how to broadcast to and market to mass appeal. I, I, I'm not saying that I'm a, some sort of a, a savant or anything like that. But I think I have the, anyway, I'll share it. You'll either agree or disagree, but I'll share it. And I'll, I even have, I think examples of where my idea is already working. So over the weekend, we got new polling. You know, I love polling. Let's dive into that. Say what you will about the indictments that rolled out last week. And by the way, <laughs> LeVar Burton tweeted, you know, the reading rainbow guy, LeVar Burton tweeted out over the weekend. You should read the indictment. Just read it before you go deciding they're true or false. Read it. It's like 40-something. He's like, it's 40-something pages. It's not that hard. The Reading Rainbow guy basically gave us a reading assignment. He's not wrong. It's not a hard read. I think it's uh, 49 pages total, something like that. You can read that. I've read it. It's pretty damning stuff. And the, the, the I mean, look, there's even pictures. A book with pictures. Oh, who doesn't love a book with pictures? We can flip through that real fast, right? The uh, the gilded bathroom with the two chandeliers. I just, I've never thought in my bathroom, boy, you know what this room is really missing is a second chandelier over the John. <laughs> Good stuff. Anyway, some of the memes have been hilarious. Uh, I've shared a few of those over, uh, over the weekend. The Bed Bath and Beyond a Reasonable Doubt. That's good stuff right there. Um, all right, so Ipsos came out with a poll over the weekend, and it shows that there is a precipitous jump in the minds of Americans about Donald Trump and guilt. Percentage of Americans who think that the charges in uh, each indictment are serious. In April, the first batch came out. 52% of all Americans thought those were serious. This new batch, that's up 9%. 61% of all Americans believe the charges in each indictment are serious. Amongst Democrats, of course, 
That's 91%. It was 84% in April. 91% now. Amongst Republicans, still a large jump. And it's not a majority, but it's a healthy chunk. 21% believe the charges were serious in April. 38% believe the charges are serious now. 21% to 38% now. That is a 17% jump for you mathematicians. Independence. That's where Donald Trump's going to have to make the headway, right? 54% in April. That's a slim majority, but still a majority. Anyway, 54% in April believe that uh, those are all American independents who believe that the charges in each indictment are serious. The latest batch of indictments, that is up to 63% of independents. You're not going to win a presidential election, even with the ridiculous electoral college giving you a a bit of a boost, Republican, that's not going to win you the White House. Now, the other question was, do you think Donald Trump should or should not have been charged with a crime in this case? That didn't change much. The, 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 The law and order party ain't interested in seeing that law and order is meted out with punishment for their guy. I mean, if this were a person of color selling loose cigarettes on the street, for example. Yeah, you know, I, I, in fact, that's, uh, that's something I tweeted over the uh, weekend. Uh, follow, by the way, if you don't mind. I'd love you to do that. At Ron Show, ATL on Twitter. That, uh, that is something I did tweet over the weekend. I, I, I just find it interesting that the same conservatives who told us Eric Garner shouldn't have broken the law Hey, if he didn't break the law, you know, cops wouldn't have been there. He wouldn't have died. You know, selling loose cigarettes. The same conservatives who told us Eric Garner shouldn't have broken the law to explain their indifference in his fatal interaction with cops suddenly have some soft hearts for Donald Trump because suddenly they recognize the, quote, harmless crime defense has some merit. So in April, we had a 50 to 33 should versus should not be charged. 17% were indifferent. 50% of Americans back in April believed that Donald Trump should be charged with a crime for the first batch of indictments. 50%. 33% said no. 17% didn't want to answer. That number moved just a little bit. This latest batch of indictments where, again, a larger percentage of Americans think the charges are serious, there's little to no movement in the appetite for Americans who want to see Donald Trump charged with a crime. It was 50% in April with the first batch of indictments. It's 48% with this batch of indictments. More damning indictments. If you, you The Espionage Act was cited for God's sakes. Not that, he, not that he's guilty or charged with espionage, but the Espionage Act was cited here. 48% of Americans believe he should be charged with a crime versus 50% in April, despite the fact that there's a nine percentage point jump in all Americans who believe that the charges in this latest batch of indictments are serious. I mean, again, this, this goes back to the law and order party. They have a healthy appetite for back in the blue and, you know, don't, don't, don't do the crime. You won't have to serve the time, you know, mentality when it's Joe or Jane average particularly a person of color. But when it's their guy, when it's Donald Trump, oh, come on, he's just an old guy. What are you going to do? Lock him in prison so he can die? Oh, that's just not, not, oh, that's, you can't do that. 
We don't need to charge him with anything. He's a former president. Come on. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, man. The hypocrisy is, well, I, I can't even say stunning anymore. It's predictable. The hypocrisy is predictable. Speaking of polling, there is new presidential primary polling on the throes of that. In early May, Donald Trump led Ron DeSantis 49 to 19%. Some 43% of self-identified Republicans, according to Ipsos, said Trump was their preferred candidate still. My God. 43% of GOP voters preferred Trump compared to 22% for Ron DeSantis. A five percentage point dip for Trump. Okay. And a three percentage point boost for Ron DeSantis. So Ron doesn't get all those numbers. There are other candidates who have jumped in, you know, like Chris Christie, for example. Uh, anyway, we'll share that polling data uh, in today's show notes at ronshowatl.com. This is The Ron Show on the American One Radio app, AmericanOneRadio.com, and wherever you podcast. Broadcasting five days a week to make common sense common again. This is The Ron Show on America One Radio. All right, if you're not already nauseous having listened to a lot of Carrie Lake in the first segment, I apologize for that. Hopefully you're not grabbing some dinner on the way home and can stomach listening to a little bit of that guy, the guy, the man, TFG. Wait, that doesn't stand for Donald John Trump. Yeah, let's go with DJT, not TFG, DJT. The thing about reviewing a Donald Trump speech, and actually Carrie Lake, I noticed, cut from a similar cloth, a little more fuzzy, (laughs) a little more filtered. Uh, is that Carrie Lake as well doesn't really care much for sticking to a speech. Did she have one prepared or was it just, that was just like rambling and it was 40 minutes of rambling. And by the way, again, I, I talk with folks who were there, reporters who covered it and they kind of get a general sense of the body politic and the crowd. There are a lot of folks who kind of walked out of the Carrie Lake speech going like, what was that? Not, you know, kind of, yeah, you know, not the most exciting thing in the world. And then when Asa Hutchinson came to speak uh, the following day, again, Asa's not polling well, but he's more of that traditional Republican. He's no fan of Donald Trump. There were a lot of delegates who I'm told came out of, you know, hearing him speak that were like, yeah, that's more like it. See, I think I think Georgia is more of a traditional GOP state than a magnified GOP state. And, you know, you're going to have... That MAGA element, because this is the South and there's a lot of rural in Georgia, but by and large, that suburban, exurban GOP voter, they're traditional. They they're they're Brian Kemp Republicans. They're not Donald Trump Republicans. They just when left to no other device but to vote for R versus D. In general, the majority, the vast majority of them are gonna vote R even if Trump's on the ballot. We were just fortunate in 2020 that there were just enough Republicans who were like, nope, can't do this again. This was insane the first time, but I thought, who? what can it hurt? <laughs> and then we found out what it hurts. Anyway, let's go through some of Donald Trump's sound bites, and we'll uh, try and back and forth a little bit with TF, I'm sorry, DJT. I want to destroy it. can be no other reason. These forces are far stronger than Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran, all put together. Think of that from within is worse than from without. Because the right leader in America 
If you have that leader, you're going to have no problems with those countries. We had no problems. We got it all straightened out. They mm. understood. Mm. Would have never, ever had the problem with Russia, Ukraine. Mm. China right now is looking like they're going to do something, and they would have never even talked about it. Right. Wait a minute. But China didn't have to talk about COVID-19, and COVID-19 happened under whose watch, Mr. President? Former President? Now, however, they're putting us in the most dangerous position in the history of our country, and that's to a large extent because of the kind of weaponry we're talking, that we're talking about. Together, we stand up to the globalists, we stand up to Marxists, we stand up to the rhinos. You know, the rhinos are pretty bad. <laughs> and they're not going to vote for the you. the rhinos, you don't exactly know where they're coming from. The others, you know, but with the rhinos, sometimes you find out. They're not going to vote for you. you got to stand up to the rhinos. Communists and environmental extremists. You know, you have environmental extremists, too. We stand up to the open borders fanatics, the radical left Democrats, their lawless partisan prosecutors, the prosecutors. Every mm-hmm. time I fly over a blue state, I get a subpoena. We want him before the grand jury. And we stand up to the fake news media, which is seriously bad. And on November 5th, 2024, we're going to stand up to the corrupt political establishment. We're going to evict a totally corrupt president, Joe Biden, from the White House. And we're going to finish the job that we started, the most successful presidency. A presidency that was a net jobs loss presidency, the COVID-19 presidency, the presidency that even when it was going relatively well, the first three years of economic indicators all trailed Obama's last three years. But a resounding excess, other than that, and again, COVID-19 and... Uh, let's see, negotiating with the Taliban and releasing 5,000 prisoners so that the Afghan military would eventually crumble under that pressure, causing our exit to be as muddled as it was. And I'm not even throwing all that on you, Donald, but you sort of set the table for a disaster, my man. Other than that, though, yeah, the most successful presidency, sir. And I think, as everybody in this absolutely packed house knows, I've put everything on the line, and I will never yield. I never yield. Mm. Except to Putin. I will never be deterred. I will never stop fighting for you. I didn't need this. I had a great life. Uh, People said, would you do it again? The answer is yes, because we're going to make America great again. We had it there. Yeah. And then bad things happened. Uh-huh. Bad things happened with an election, right? Bad, bad things happened. But before the election, everything, remember, y'all, was swimmingly good. We didn't have a pandemic. We didn't have to shut down the economy. We weren't losing jobs by the hundreds of thousands. Everything was great right up until that election, that bad, bad thing called an election. But we're going to make it uh, great like never before. I really <laughs> believe that. With your vote... We will take back our country from these fascists and thugs, and we will absolutely make America great again. 
Fascists and thugs do not include those who stormed the Capitol on January 6th, by the way. He's ready to pardon them. From the beginning, our America First agenda has been an existential threat to the rotten political class that gets rich and powerful at your expense, erasing our borders, cheating on elections, exporting our jobs, and squandering our blood and treasure on endless foreign wars. We were out of all our wars. Everybody said when I got elected, remember, oh, his personality, you're going to have wars. You're going to be fighting the whole world. Well, we are now in a war in Ukraine that you didn't exactly leave the table set for peace and prosperity there, did you? And it just worked out. The Actually, it was my personality that didn't want to make people fight. It was sort of reverse. That's what happens when you send love letters to North Korean dictators, I guess. First time in 70 years that this has happened. We started no wars. We finished some. We defeated the ISIS caliphate 100% and many other things. We rebuilt our military. Of course, they gave a lot of it away, didn't they? Huh? they By the way, military spending has gone up since he left office. And I'm not giving Joe Biden credit for that. I'm just saying the obvious. We have somehow destroyed the military while raising its expenditures. Funny how that just seems to jibe with the right. Gave a lot of our military away to Afghanistan, if you can even believe it. Well, let's remember who negotiated that exit. Again, the Taliban was at the negotiating table with the Trump administration. Why? Who knows? Afghanistan is now one of the largest exporters of military arms. They sell the things that we gave to them. $85 billion. We lost 13 soldiers, many very horrifically wounded, and we left many Americans behind. They moved out the military first. No, it was supposed to be the opposite. You move out the military last. Um, he left like 2,500 troops in there. When he left office, there were like less than 5,000 troops. Oh my God. It's like he... Uh... And his base, they don't, they don't remember these facts, or maybe they do and they just don't care that he's lying. He's Donald Trump. They just love him. They've launched one hoax and witch hunt after another to try and stop our movement and thwart the will of the American people every time you am not even believable. Witch hunt, witch hunt, scam, hoax. Except 61% of the country actually does believe them. They saw the 48, 49-page report, and some of them may have even read it, saw the pictures of the boxes in your gilded bathroom with the two chandeliers and thought, yeah, that tracks. That's weird. That's pretty weird. Also, wasn't there one, like, basement that never flooded? Like, there were never any plumbing issues with this one particular bathroom, except back in the, was it the early 90s? I'm trying to remember... He was under investigation for something like a housing fraud or something like that. And the records in this one particular room got damaged by, uh, you know, water damage. And lo and behold, the employees were being uh, taught to put stuff in that room again that, doggone it, there was another plumbing problem. Can you believe that? Man. It's called election interference, and they're doing the best <laughs> they can with it. Because who the hell would vote for them with the policies that they have of open borders and no voter ID? I don't get the no voter ID thing. Where is that coming from? Also, again, I pointed this out when Kerry was spewing the lies. 
border traffic is down 70% since the end of Title 42, Mr. Former President. Unemployment at historic lows. Inflation has slowed to a trickle. Ten straight months of decline in inflation. This is why, by the way, the right is talking not about the economy anymore. They're not talking about... You notice that? They're not talking about jobs in the economy anymore. They're talking about trans youth initiatives or drag show bands, the, the, the sort of fringy weirdo stuff that they think gets them some traction but doesn't do a damn thing about creating jobs because they can't talk about the economy right now. But disaster. Just a disaster right now, right? As the Durham report, which just came out, proved they spied on my campaign. Think of it. Can you imagine if it was the other way around? They spied on my campaign and we caught them. They forged false evidence to get illegal surveillance warrants. The <laughs> FBI offered $1 million for a fictitious dossier written by a foreign spy to try to frame me for treason. They were saying, now they're trying to do it again. These Wait, wait, wait. What what is what is faked? What is faked about the the, the current charges against him? Uh, uh, did somebody plant these boxes in the bathrooms and the pool rooms and all that stuff? Come on, man. Come on, dude. These people don't stop and they're bad and we have to get rid of them. We have to get rid of them fast. I mean, did somebody make Kid Rock go on Tucker Carlson and laugh about the fact that Donald Trump was showing him stuff that he probably shouldn't have been showing him? Have you heard this clip by the way? Hang on, let me grab this. Like, yeah, tweet that out. <laughs> I was like, I can't add anything better than that. But then it comes out and it's very, it's reworded and more political and like, you know, a little politically correct. And I'm like, just being pretty, you know, we're looking at maps. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, am I supposed to be like in on <laughs> I make dirty records sometimes. I'm like, I do it here. You didn't think you'd have a hand. What do you that? think we should do about North Korea? I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think I'm qualified to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> Tucker, just hilarious, right? Oh my God, Kid Rock's looking at sensitive information and Donald Trump's asking him for advice on it. And they laugh because it's absurd. <laughs> they laugh because it's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy, but they're re-upping. They're re-upping for another round of it. 43% of likely GOP primary voters. <laughs> They're all about Kid Rock being your next Secretary of State. <laughs> National Security Advisor. And does, does any of this sound too difficult for Kid Rock to do? I don't think I'm qualified to answer this. <laughs> because that's who Donald Trump goes to when it comes to national and international affairs. And you know, the sad thing is, he probably kept all of these documents, these top secret documents, not for nefarious purposes. Well, I don't know. Maybe he did. I don't know. I mean, the, the Kushners walked away with billions. The Saudis like some of that information. What was that? The, wasn't there some like Iranian information that somehow made its way into the front of some eyeballs? You know, there's there's money there, but let's let's worry about the five million, not not billion, million with an M. And I'm not saying that that's a small amount of money because that's a huge amount of money to you and me the alleged $5 million that somehow Burisma slipped to Joe Biden, but there's no visible proof of that. But we're going to sit here and ignore the billion, with a B, billions that came from Saudi Arabia. And what about the, the Chinese patents that Ivanka had by the hundred 
she made a little bit of money off of the CCP too, didn't she, Carrie Lake? Now, I, I almost think that there's a part of me that wants to say that Donald Trump just held on to all this top secret stuff so he could continue playing president and flaunt it in front of his friends. Like, Kid Rock. Hey, if I'm president again, what do you think about this North Korea stuff? Here, have a look at this. What do you think? I just want to get your two cents on it. Kid Rock's all, I don't think I'm qualified to answer this. <laughs> and he's absolutely right. But then you know what? Donald Trump shouldn't be qualified to go through any of that crap either. First of all, he never should have been elected in the first place. The fact that anybody took him that seriously the first go-round just wasn't paying attention. They just loathed Hillary Clinton that much. And look, I get it. I'm no fan of her either. But when it comes to sanity versus insanity, I'm clicking the sanity button at the polls every time. Every time. Tucker Carlson in that clip laughing his ass off because he knows it's bad shit crazy. And yet 43% of the GOP likely voters are ready to go, let's vote for batch crazy again. You're listening to The Ron Show on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com, or wherever you podcast. Welcome back to The Ron Show. It's the final segment for Monday. And I told you that having worked in broadcasting for 28 years, I have the ego, the chutzpah, to believe that I could fix CNN. And I'm not saying I got the answer for all 24 hours, all seven days a week, but I think it starts with going back to what they used to do. Remember this clip from uh, 2004? I think it was 2004 when they used to air a TV show, Paul Pagala and a young whippersnapper, handsome fellow back then by the name of Tucker Carlson. And their guest was John Stewart, who used to be host of The Daily Show. But I don't doubt for a minute these people who work for President Bush, who I disagree with and everything, they right. believe that stuff, John. This is Here, not here's a lie or deception at I all. Think they, they believe, believe in him. I think they believe. Just like I believe in my guys. I think they believe President Bush would do a better job, and I believe the Kerry guys believe President Kerry would do a better job. But what I believe is they're not making honest arguments. So what they're doing is, in their mind, the ends justify uh, John, the means. I, 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 I hate that's that's not so, at all. I, I, mean, I do think you're more fun on your show. Uh, just my opinion. But, okay, okay. Just, Sex, I, I, John Stewart goes one on one with his fans. You're as big a dick on your show as you are on any show. <laughs> 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 now you're getting into it. I like that. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Eastern. Oh my God. He just neutered Tucker Carlson right there on live television back in the day. I mean, it, it, how about the VHS hum? Did you like that for authenticity's sake? 2004, my friends. Um, no, I, I think that's what CNN needs to go back to. Obviously, those on the left are going to flock to MSNBC and find out what the last word with uh, Lawrence O'Donnell is. I like Lawrence. I think he's pretty cool. Rachel Maddow, once a week. And those on the right are going to run to Newsmax or to Fox News. But nobody's given the, the, the back and forth. That's, that's, the, that's the alley. That's, that's where CNN is. That's their lane. That's where they should be. They should have been all along the both sidism, the undisputed. We're going to just re- do the reporting and let pundits from both sides do their thing. Now, Fox tried to give a sense that they were doing that. Remember Hannity and Combs? Where the hell is Alan Combs these days? That guy had no traction, complete milk toast featherweight, just. Not at all. And, and look who prevailed. Look who's still on Fox News and look who isn't. Where the hell is Alan Combs other than milk cartons? But I think if you brought 
a crossfire back. And it doesn't have to just be the one crossfire. There's got to be some spinoffs, some other ways of doing this. I really think CNN could find their way back into cable news relevance. And the reason I point this out is because the highest rated sports television shows that are on five days a week, Skip and Shannon, Undisputed, although Shannon Sharp left from Fox Sports 1. Skip Bayless, cannot stand him. But I'm no big fan of Sterling Sharp, uh, Shannon Sharp either. He just, you know, constantly, they just hollered over each other. But dude, people tuned in for that. People tuned in for First Things First. They would, uh, they would of course, have those two shows sandwiching the herd with Colin Coward. Colin Coward is a controversial figure himself, but they at least kind of gave the back and forth, gonna dispute it out sort of argumentative dialogue. They do this on uh, ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports. Around the horn, pardon the interruption, pardon the interruption. Remember Tony Kornheiser and Michael, That that's the back and forth. And sometimes they agree on stuff and sometimes they don't. That to me, now that Chris Lick doesn't have the job anymore, I'm saying if the folks at Warner are listening, this is the this is the avenue you go. This is what you do. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that you can't continue to have some of the other stuff that you have on. I like Jake Tapper, the Situation Room. To me, that's the around the horn for new. Make that a little more combative. You know, the, the Aaron Burnett. She's fine. You know, she's okay. I'm okay with her. I'm just saying, maybe it's time to bring Crossfire back. And another variation of that with more than two people. That's, I think that's, it for, and first of all, that brings back some substantive dialogue from the left and the right. Maybe even have an intermediary who's going to call out the crap. Sorry, that is spin, that is untrue. Like seriously, just at the end of the show, uh, they do that on Around the Horn, right? No, not on Around the Horn, on, um, pardon the interruption. At the end of the day, they had a, uh, a producer would sit here and say, oh, okay, so Tony, you got this wrong. Michael, you got this wrong and blah, blah, blah. Dude, the American people need this fact-checking. We need the back and forth and the fact-checking. This is CNN's lane. And if they had devoted two, three hours of this afternoons, early evenings on their weekday grid, I'm telling you, CNN would find a way. But don't go out there and just hire Alan Combs. Go out here and get some... John Stewart, I believe he's expensive, but I believe he's available. I mean, he does a weekly, maybe he doesn't want to work five days a week, but and maybe it doesn't have to be John Stewart. But there are other people out there, people with spines, people with teeth, people with tenacity, people who will stand in there and throw the punches and get the information out and stand their ground, their ideological ground with facts on the left and the right when the right has facts which they really do. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just saying, this is CNN's lane, and they need to figure this out pretty fast. Otherwise, Ted Turner's legacy, you know, more than 50 years old and now out of downtown Atlanta, Ted Turner's legacy is going to disappear, just like the Braves on TBS has disappeared. It was, by the way, 50 years ago, I believe this week. There was a nice article in the AJC about that. Brought up a lot of memories, uh, thinking back to all the days when we were watching the Braves on the Superstation when the Superstation was introduced globally. CNN's going to become a relic like the Braves on TBS, like Andy Griffith during rain delays, things like that. Anyway, 
That's just my two cents. But what do I know? I'm just a washed up old radio broadcaster who does a podcast and does some residential real estate in Atlanta. I'm just as qualified as Chris Lick. <laughs> That's going to do it for The Ron Show. Back tomorrow, 5 to 6 p.m. here on the American One Radio app, AmericanOneRadio.com, or wherever you podcast. Have a great evening.